0: Good morning everyone, this is the Freiburg New Church Assembly now on the air, and it is August 1st, I am Reverend Hugh Odener, the lecture this morning is on the first day of creation, so I'll read what is said in Genesis on the first day of creation. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was mourning the first day. Now, I wanted to start this out with a, what I call a preamble. It was noted yesterday that uh, there are two creation stories. And so I put creation, but what I noted is that there's week one of creation and week two. They appear as if they could be separate stories, but you can't get to week two unless you have week one. Why? Because this presupposes that the earth was created. <laughs> so they actually kind of flow, as I see it, this way. And internally, the first week treats of what is spiritual, more geared to what is truth. A number of people noted, noted that the uh, first week is very orderly. One day, the next day, and keeps going. Nature of truth to be kind of orderly. The second week treats of what is celestial, more of what is good. And also, the second week treats of the most ancient church. It's the beginning of the most ancient church, and you might say that that week, which is Genesis chapter 2, is the most ancient church in its prime, at its height, because once we get to chapter 3, things start going apparently downhill. Now, the other thing is there's a general teaching that everything in the word treats of these things. The Lord, the church, I should ask also heaven, and our regeneration, which I have subtitled our spiritual and celestial development. It occurred to me that we quite often talk about Regeneration as being our spiritual development, but it's actually our spiritual and celestial development. We develop in general spiritually as to both good and truth. They go together. So it's our regeneration as our spiritual and celestial development, our development internally as to good and truth. That's the preamble. Now, specifically on the first day of creation, it is said in the contents to Genesis in the first chapter, uh, the first day of creation is said to include both the state of regeneration, the first state of regeneration, and also the state that precedes a person's regeneration. That is the state from infancy and that immediately before regeneration. The first motion is the Spirit of God moving over the face of the waters. And in the Hebrew, by the way, it's plural, and it says faces of the waters. Hebrew doesn't actually have a singular for face. Um, uh, But in English, we want to say face. So moving over the face of the waters... And that is the Lord's mercy, that is his love. The beginning of our regeneration or spiritual rebirth comes from the Lord's mercy or love, moving his truth in mysterious hidden ways in our lives. Prior to the beginning of regeneration, a person is described as being a void and emptiness, that is in spiritual darkness. They have no genuine good and truth in their internal, nor do they have as yet any real good or truth operating in their external. This is not to say that in this first state of our regeneration we are altogether ignorant of goods and truths. In fact, we may appear to be very knowledgeable about religious and doctrinal things, but prior to regeneration, all such knowledge is in our external memory and is subject to the loves of self and the world. The Arcana Celeste describes such a person as being totally immersed in their lusts and their falsities internal, internally, even though they may not appear to be so externally. Nevertheless... In this state, there are temptations and spiritual combats taking place. This is described in the Arcana Celestia, numbers 18 and 19, as follows: The same expressions, deep, wasted, likewise, in general, involve the vastation of a person. Vastation is somewhat similar to temptation, and it, it kind of, we have the word English word waste from vast station, change that V to a W, and you can see waste station. Uh, (laughs) So that's where you take your RV to, right? A waste station, but uh, vast station um, of a person, and which precedes their regeneration. For before a person can know what is true and be affected with what is good, there must be a removal of such things as hinder and resist the admission of good and truth thus as it puts it here the old man must needs die before the new is able to be conceived the things over which the spirit of God moves are such as the Lord has hidden and treasured up in a person which in the word throughout are called remains or a remnant consisting of the cognitions of what is true and good which never come into light or day until external things are vastated that is, wasted away Um, yesterday we referred a little bit to cognitions we don't use the word cognitions in English anymore we use the word, however, recognize and recognition and if you think about it What is recognition? It's re-knowing. It's being reminded and bringing to mind something we already knew. A cognition is something we learn from experience. It says that the Lord stores up these cognitions as remains. Think of us and the little children. When they're young, they are learning things from experience. Those things are never forgotten. They're stored up. And they're they're in there. They're, They're stored away by the Lord. Later on, certain states of innocence and peace and happiness are brought up again. And sometimes we experience this so that we are recognizing something we cognized in the past, something we learned from experience. So the Lord has stored up these remains within every person. These remains are the knowledges of good and truth and also affections for good and truth, which have been learned in a person's infancy and youth. These remains allow people, even the most evil of people, to live. For the influx of life from the Lord flows into these remains. I might mention that the Lord stores these up so deeply we can't get at them and it's a good thing we don't (laughs) because we would try and mess it up (laughs) so these remains give a person every person the ability to be regenerated the spirit of God which moves over those remains is the divine truth the Lord's divine truth this divine truth gives the first enlightenment Not the enlightenment of a fully regenerated person, but rather enough light so that a person can see something of their state and begin to act in order to change their state. And this is described in the Apocalypse Explained 294, where it treats of Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and it says, That previously there was no church because people were without good and truth as signified by the earth was void and empty. And that they were previously in dense ignorance and also falsities as signified by darkness was upon the faces of the deep. Their first enlightenment is signified by the spirit of God moved upon the faces of the waters and by God said... Let there be light, and there was light. The Spirit of God signifies divine truth proceeding from the Lord, and to move upon the face of the water signifies enlightenment. And the phrase, And there was light, signifies the reception of divine truth. In the beginning... By the Lord's mercy in giving us the first enlightenment, all the work of regeneration has been on the side of the Lord. There has not yet been any reciprocal cooperation on a person's part. All the action, the action so far is all on the part of the Lord with no reaction on our part. So in the, in, with us, The beginning of our regeneration is the Lord moving out of his love or mercy in our minds, stirring up these remains which we've had stored up from infancy. And at that point, we haven't yet really done anything. It's all on his part, and it's all out of his love to bring us closer to him. You can uh, see this with the, with the little children who are really good examples of the Lord storing up remains. You notice that they're, they're running around, they're having a lot of fun, and the Lord is storing up these states of happiness, peace, delight, the things they're learning, and they're going in there, and they'll never be forgotten. They may not be recalled instantly, But they're never forgotten. Those remains, especially the affections, the good affections, the bits of truth that we learn, they are what the Lord will later bring up to the surface and start moving over. You can also see the Lord's action in the little children in that they grow up despite what we do. He's guiding that. He's operating in all of our lives in ways that we just don't really think about too often. But when we reflect upon it, we see the Lord moving in mysterious ways in everybody's lives. In ways that we can't sometimes control. Now, the Lord is moving and all the action is on the Lord's part. This, of course, is the only way it could be since a person up to this point could not have any ability to see their own spiritual state and do something about it. It was brought up about the ability to reflect. If you notice, there was a time when we couldn't reflect. It's hard to think about that, but there was a time when we could not think. All of our thinking was on the same level. We couldn't think about what we were thinking about. And then we come to a point where we can start reflecting starting to observe what we're thinking about and many times we get to a third level and we think about what we're thinking about about what we're thinking three levels of reflection we can do that now this being the case that we could not have, we do not initially have the ability to do anything about our own spiritual state the Lord grants the first enlightenment in order that a person may see their state. When this enlightenment is granted, which is after the Spirit of God has moved upon the faces of the waters, then a person takes on responsibility for their own regeneration. So, when I read earlier that the first day included the state from infancy and that immediately preceding the first Uh, the first state of regeneration this is part of it up to that point the Lord is moving in our lives but when we get the enlightenment then it's uh oh I gotta do something about my life we have some responsibility then when a person first sees and understands their spiritual state they then become accountable for it because with, once we see our own spiritual state, not only do we observe it, but we also make judgments about it, and we have choice. Because, and we also have with choice the ability to change or to stay as we are. And trying to change our state really can be difficult. It is at this point that reciprocal action on the part of a person begins. The Lord acts, and now we can react. It is at this time that the vastations of evils and of falsities or spiritual combat really begins. This is indicated by the fact that vastations are first mentioned in the Archon of Selection. Uh, numbers 18 and 19 which treat of the faces of the deep and the spirit of God moving and also from the distinction made in the arkana selection number 20 concerning the verse let there be light as pointed out in the passage from the apocalypse explained 294 the spirit of God moving and let there be light both signify the first enlightenment of a person However, there is a distinction here as the words and there was light signify the reception of divine truth. So the one is God said, let there be light. The Lord is giving the light to us. The next one, and there was light mean that we received the light. He gave it we received it. There, you, can, you can understand it this way: If I were to hold out a, 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 a bouquet of flowers to Denise and say, "Here's the beautiful bouquet of flowers," And she just, uh, you know, pushes mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> what am I left with holding a bouquet of flowers." <laughs> but once she takes it, she's received it. And that's the same thing with what the Lord is doing with us. He is giving us the light, but on our part, we now have to say, I'll take it. I'll receive it. And then, of course, we find out, oh, there's something connected with receiving that light. Now I've got to do something with it. So, Um, The person who is enlightened then shuns evils and sins, receives divine truth. On the other hand, those who receive that first enlightenment but choose to remain in their evils reject further divine truth. You get the first enlightenment and then you become responsible for it. And then you have choice. You can move further toward the light Or you can say, "Uh -uh, I don't want to go there. I'd rather stay in the dark. Sometimes we stay in the dark, it's safer there. These latter, uh, that is people, that is us, by the way, cannot be said to be in the first state of regeneration, for they turned it back from it. It is the former who received the enlightenment and did something with it, who are properly in the first state of regeneration. Arcana Celestia number 20 says of the words, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, That, that the first state is when a person begins to know that good and truth are something higher. When a person is conceived or born anew, they then begin to know that their goods are not good and also as they come into more light that the Lord is and that he is good and truth itself. One of the things is this, this indicates that the light, receiving the light is not a one-time thing. It's progressive because it says, and as they come into more light. So we start with a little light and as we work on coming more into the light, we receive more light. We have to follow the process that the Lord has set forth forth. Uh, let me rephrase it so I can get my mouth working. Um, we have to follow the process that the Lord has set forth once we received the first light. Now, this new conception is the new beginning of a person, a new spiritual beginning. And we now begin to know truths interiorly. Anyone can think exteriorly, that is, with a memory, and say that good and truth are higher, that the Lord is, that he is good and truth itself. But unless a person is being regenerated, these truths are only words, because they are not interiorly believed. Indeed, even wicked and dishonest people may speak of God and truth in order to obtain power, honor, and fame. The word, by the way, the, the, the yeah, um, uh, uh, writings of Swedenborg speak quite often that among some of the worst of people are preachers. They know so much, and yet they misuse it. Not for their own spiritual development, but just for honor, power, fame, and income. and, and so that's the, the one thing. Just knowing is not enough. What comes what really matters is doing something with what we know. so The light which a person who is being regenerated now receives are the first truths of faith with that person. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God distinguished between the light and the darkness. The light that came the first day signifies divine light. That in itself and in its essence... It is divine truth, the spiritual light that lightens the understanding. That God saw the light, that it was good, signifies the enlightenment and reception with them, or that is, with us. That the light was good. But darkness signifies light that is in the natural man, which is called natural light because this light, in comparison with spiritual darkness, is spiritual light is like darkness. It's kind of a comparison that is sometimes used between the light of the sun compared to the light of the moon. They're both forms of light, but the light of the moon compared to the sun is relatively like darkness. Nobody gets blinded by looking at the light of the moon. You don't want to do that very often or for very long with the sun. The internal mind is first enlightened and is in light, but the external mind at this time is still in relative darkness, not as it was before the first date, yet in darkness relative to the internal. And this because the internal is still in opposition or the external is still in opposition to the internal between these there is a combat going on which will not end unfortunately until the seventh day which is meant by a state of rest so in, in the arcana series you've got those first six days of combat they're all spiritual by the way more looking to truth and applying the truth and then we get to the seventh day on which the Lord rested. In the arcana right in the beginning of chapter 2 the Lord rested and then he gets busy again because he is then making us fully celestial making the uh, uh, most ancient church finally wrapping up these states there was evening and there was morning refers to the change of state that has taken place evening to where there is no faith and morning to when there is faith morning also has reference to every advent of the lord in this state for the first time the lord has made his advent with a person and now dwells with entirely within them I'll rephrase that a little bit in this state for the first time the Lord has made his advent within us and now dwells entirely within us the one thing about uh, some teachings about the advent of the Lord it wasn't a one-time thing the Lord makes his advent with every person who is approaching him and living according to his word. So he is making millions and millions of advents with us and he is doing it many times throughout our life. So the Lord is born and reborn within our lives to the degree that we follow him and welcome his birth within our lives. spiritual rebirth, our regeneration, is the birth of the Lord within us. And it's not a one-time affair. It's not one day a year, either. <laughs> it can be every day in some degree. You know, just those little things um, where um, uh, when it, it talks about just a a little thing. You have an opportunity to not do something nasty. You know, like not say that critical word that you're really, really wanting to say. Um, But to say something kind or do something kind. That's a little bit of the birth of the Lord within us. We are following the Lord's truth. We are following the Lord's good. So, while a person in this state is still in great obscurity considering that they are only in the first of the seven days or states of regeneration still they are in light in contrast to the previous state of darkness the Lord has now given his first light and what happens is how we react to it one thing I wanted to also point out about these states, just as the Lord's birth is not a one-off, one-time affair, the states of regeneration are repetitive states. We go through them throughout our life. It says that the angels um, are are not regenerating and yet they're always being perfected. And you can see that even within there are states of evening and there are states of morning. Always in the, the word the state of evening proceeds. As I recall with the uh, in the the uh, the Hebrew idea of a day is it starts in the evening, not with like us with the morning. It starts with a state of darkness and proceeds to a state of light. Our regeneration, our spiritual development does that also. We start with relative darkness and move toward the light. So these states, you go through them and then you say, ah, I'm all done. No, you'll start over again. (laughs) And with different things, I believe we can be in different, different spiritual things within us. We can be in different days. So that sometimes with one thing, if somebody presents a completely new idea and you've never heard it before, but you realize there's something valuable to it, that's like a new beginning, a new day. With other things, we get to a point and we say, uh, oh, I've got to deal with this one again for the seventh time. It's a repetitive state, and that is my talk. Thank you. Are there any questions, comments? Yes.
1: Uh, Remnants and remains. I think you said their source is our cognitions and experiences when we're young. Do any come from the spiritual world?
0: They all come from the spiritual world. Okay. Um, and they're not just things of knowledge cognitions, recognitions are things of the understanding but there's also it says affections affections of good and truth those um, the, the, the importance of having states of happiness and peace are very very important to our spiritual development they are part of our remains too um Many of us, for example, um, the, the um, uh, s- sense of smell and hearing, they have correspondences. Hearing is to obedience, the sense of smell is to perception. Have you ever noticed you smell something and all of a sudden it draws your mind back to s- another state many, many years ago? Or you hear a song, especially the songs we learned when we were teenagers, and they draw our mind back to an earlier state, those are the stored up affections and cognitions. We recognize them. They all come from the spiritual world. It even says that the Lord stores these up within us. We're not doing anything to store them up ourselves. It just happens. Did I... Dave, did I answer? Yes.
1: Oh. Yes. Okay. I, 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 I when you gave the talk, you said, "Well, there are cognitions that come from our experiences in the world," and it just didn't seem clear that I thought that I. I and it, you made it clear that the, it's the Lord that stores them and protects mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But uh, but I thought that perhaps some might uh, not all be the result of things we experience as children, and the Lord uses uses those experiences to store up as remains. Or do Mm -hmm. some come not from any experience in this world? Does it have to be attached to an earthly experience by the the Lord and then stored, Or can it come directly from the spiritual world and has no attachment to an earthly experience?
0: I would exceed my knowledge if I gave you an answer to that one. (laughs) Um, the, The way I look at it is all of the things we experience in this world are trigger... Spiritual experiences that are stored up within us, because there's a correspondence to the from the natural to the spiritual. So that when we have a state of happiness, that is not just a earthly experience. We laugh, but there's a spiritual experience taking place also. Everything is on two different levels, and and probably more. <laughs> While
2: other people are thinking of their question, I I have a response to that. Okay. Um, It's it's odd to realize how resilient humans are, so that when there's a a dire, dire tragic event, Mm -hmm. there is goodness, there is help externally, but people survive remarkably difficult circumstances, and they come out of it with... With joy, with happiness, with, that mm-hmm. cannot be explained by simple, uh, ordinary circumstances. So, I would use this as an implication to positive
0: response to Gabe's question. Thought mm-hmm. I'd just throw that in. Yeah. And I, I talked about um, more about the cognitions, partly because I wanted to go into the definition of what they were, but it also says in that same sentence, affections. They go together. Yes?
3: I can tell I can tell in an experience to the group that uh, an obvious manifestation of the spiritual world that a, c- comes to me occasionally and has nothing to do with my own memories. Uh, I, I have a fuel business, and I have to drive around in my fuel truck, a smelly, old, oily fuel truck. And I, at the end of the evening, I'm uh, anticipating getting home, cleaned up, and have dinner with my wife. Uh, that, when I was an infant, in a mystical way, an Italian Catholic priest, who is world famous, became aware of my existence in an obscure way. This this priest has had effects on me throughout my life. I know who he is. So he has the ability to project smell, or the appearance of smell, whereas someone else in the room wouldn't smell a smell, but there's nothing but smell going into my perception. It's obviously coming from his person. He's been dead since 1968, but this Catholic priest does this for me now and then. So there is an example, this question here. Does it come from his own life and memory? There is one that comes from, obviously, the angelic world, right, Right. Mm -hmm. just as a reminder of him to me, that he is there, that's Mm -hmm. all I can say.
0: Yes, Um, Denise.
4: I was thinking about Remains when little Theo was running around up front here, right before worship, and he said, where's God? (laughs) And he was standing right there where God was standing yesterday, and he was waiting for God to appear. I
2: thought he he said, Am I God? That's what he said. (laughs) 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 Maybe I was (laughs) projecting.
4: I wasn't quite sure sure exactly of his words, but uh, just seeing him right there and and talking about God and like, Where is he? or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, recognizing that um, in his mind, God is. Is now imprinted mm-hmm. in in this um, old man in a white sheet, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Sorry. Uh-oh. laughs> white-haired man.
4: I shouldn't say no. white-haired man. Well, I was, I, I, this is a wonderful conversation because I think remains is so important and somewhat obscure. I like the way you're describing mm-hmm. how it is straight from the spiritual world, but to realize we can be we can be channels of that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I just, it comforts me because not every little child gets to grow up with Martha Richardson teaching her, teaching them about the word, you know, but they are cared
5: for by God, too. I think that, yeah. and Guard's point that even in really traumatic experiences for little children, maybe God is working extra hard to make
4: sure that they are protected with angels and, and wisdom so that everyone has that deep
5: store of goodness. Yeah.
0: Everyone and nancy
5: this morning we went to swim the polar bears were down there i was leading a little bit there was a group in front of me, but they were mostly children we we crossed onto the platform and it was a little wobbly so my my legs don't hold the own wobble very well so i had to hold on somewhere else but the little girl that went down into the water on the ladder was just going down a little bit. And they said, well, you have to go down. So she went down a little more and it, it released her. When the other little girl jumped in the water, she released and she started floating. And it was as though, oh God, what's going to happen? And I couldn't get to her, so I had to stay. But the other little girl that had dove, dived in, she came back and actually the little girl went under and the little girl pulled her up, and up the ladder she came. and She didn't know whether to cry or just be stunned. She started to cry a little bit, and then I could, I could get lo- level with her, and I smiled at her, and she a little smile came on her face. And so it could have been something totally different, but it was actually something visible, where the little child was actually smiling and i thought wow that she went from ready to cry to a smile Mm -hmm. and she was saved and it was a literal thing that was right in front of all of Mm us so it was a very beautiful uh experience but i felt so sad that you know somehow i wanted to get to her and i couldn't but i I just thought it's going to be all right and we have a little girl saved her so it was just uh, one of those it wasn't nobody took it as something very problematic at all because everybody there had faith or something that the realization that things were going to be all right was present
0: also it was a team effort
5: it came out what
0: uh, it was a team effort
5: it, it really yes. was people it, were yeah. working
0: together yeah they're the aim Yes?
4: Um, part two of what I was going to say. Um, I feel that in, in the new church we're especially um, blessed to have the teachings on remains because um, with our little children we can be conscious of, of giving them good experiences that and, and spiritual experiences mm-hmm. that will, that we pro- project will, will be some of those remains. And I think that every parent, uh, knowingly or not, has that intuition that they want their babies to have that loving kindness and the the nurturing that that brings about a healthy disposition, but also brings about remains that they may or may not be aware of. And I really do feel blessed in this um, religion to be aware of that. We're raising our children, or or helping to raise our grandchildren um,
0: and other little children around us. It's, it gives us a sense we're cooperating with the Lord to provide these situations or spheres which are, provide innocence and peace and instruction. Mm-hmm. That we are cooperating with the Lord in storing up remains. There's something else though. Remains are not limited to the little children. It says they are stored up by the Lord from infancy. It doesn't say until age 21. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We uh, are still receiving remains being stored up by the Lord. So that when you observe the little children or while you're holding one and comforting them or, or hugging them, and you're affected by their state of innocence and peace, You're getting remains at the same time. The Lord is storing up those things. So all during our life, every time we um, uh, receive something of truth or an affection of good, it's being stored up so that we take those remains and later on, the Lord may actuate or move over those things in our lives because we need it at that time point. We're never remainless.
5: That <laughs> yes. just brought up the thought what I've heard so many people say after they've been to Fryberg or to Almont Camp is they carry that home with them. Mm-hmm. And it you know, it's what is stored up in them and for some of them it's the only church
1: mm-hmm. experience
5: that they have because they go to all these different areas and what that I love that idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that being a remain. I think of it as memory. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's beyond memory because it's beyond this is, as people say, it's a touch of heaven on earth. And mm-hmm. It's got an affection to affection it. To it yeah. Especially if they keep coming back. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at the... Oh, okay. I thought we ended at a quarter tail. Alright, so I need five minutes more of questions.
2: Well, certainly uh perhaps notable that the very, very first thing that happens in this biblical narrative is this birth, this creation of the spiritual, as you said it, and the celestial. So it's all good at the very beginning, um, which, of course, parallels the goodness of infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just to note that the implication and... What is so obvious is it gets a lot more difficult and there's more than one place where I think Swedenborg, we would find him saying uh, no one would ever go, or it would be impossible to go through this unless we had some foundation in goodness and love and protection and confidence and peace. So this is always a balance. It's ever, never not present, I could put it that way. So it's there in the beginning very strongly, just to note the beauty of that. And <laughs> the, in the po- poetry of the seven days of creation in any translation is just gorgeous. Tour de force. Yeah.
0: Suzanne.
4: I'm just reminded that
5: um, you know, we talked about the light in, in the darkness, that they coexist, and I think that <clears throat> I've been experiencing that very clearly with Zachary, who's ten months old. That he's either really happy or he is miserable, <laughs> and there is no in between. He's light or he's dark. Mm-hmm. So he's at that very beginning stage of you know, that, that. We we grow up with, like, God saying that that all that wonderful goodness and light that's there also has its corresponding
0: not their side in ourselves when we're Yeah it's, it's in one sense uh, it's so nice when we could be in a state that we it seems like it's just all light or it's all darkness it sounds very appealing and then we get older and we realize it's not so simple and nor should it be Because there are different degrees, different sub-states within each state that we need. But it's nice that, as we were talking yesterday, I just kept thinking and I mentioned that song, you know, Toyland, Toyland, beautiful girl and boyland, but once you pass its borders, you can't go back again. But yet, we can. Because we get these remains stirred up. The little child affects you, and you're right back for a little bit with the state of innocence and peace that you experienced with yourself. One of the things also I want to stress, the creation story takes place with, within us, with each of us. And so when you read these things, even in the the works of Swedenborg, what I call the Third Testament, it's not about those people. It appears to be. But when you look at it, really, the idea is what is this saying to us? How does it apply to us? That's the important thing I think we have to get to and also that there's always a combination of truth and good, of always spiritual and celestial. Um, We we used to have so much emphasis on this and we'd forget this. Now we're starting to focus on this, but let us not forget this side. (laughs) And also there's always deeper levels of meaning, the highest level, even in the days of creation. some, it's treating of something taking place in the Lord. He was going through these states when on earth. So It's treating of something about the church, both the church in a whole, but the church within each of us. And then of course, as I mentioned, our regeneration or spiritual and celestial development. So, any, any more t- questions? We've got about a minute. Yeah.
4: I was thinking that the um, the remains that are stored up later, um, thinking about mm-hmm. the remains that are stored up throughout our lives, and not just in infancy, is another good reason to be um, to to give joy to others in any way we can. That mm-hmm. we never know when we are the person that will brighten somebody's day or give them something to, uh, you know, to store up in a a good, happy way uh, toward their regeneration.
0: It's always good to do random acts of kindness. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all.